0: You're listening to the Assembly Call IU Podcast and Postgame Show, the place where Indiana fans across the globe hang out online after every IU basketball game. Activate your free Assembly Call membership today at assemblycall.com/join. That's assemblycall.com/join. That is how you're a champion. It really is.
1: And now, get ready for another brand new edition of The Assembly Call. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another victorious episode of The Assembly Call as the Indiana Hoosiers beat Southeast Missouri 83-55 in a game in which the Hoosiers took care of business even though it was a little bit slappier than we like to see at times. I am Will DeWitt, and tonight I am stepping into the hosting chair as Jared Morris has the night off as he's celebrating his wife Heather's birthday. So happy birthday, Heather. Speaking of nights off, Andy Bottoms is uh, unable to make tonight's show as well, so tonight it's just Ryan Phillips and I. And let's start off this show like we always do with the Hoosier Proud banner moment. And uh, for me, it's going to have to be a banner moment that kind of stretches between two halves because uh, it's the final four minutes of the first half and the first four minutes of the second. IU won both stretches by a combined 17-7, to but Southeast Missouri was kind of starting to claw its way back, and the Hoosiers decided enough was enough and took their 9-point lead and stretched it into a 19.1. So for me, that's why that's going to be the banner moment. Uh, Ryan, do you want to go ahead and uh, give us your rant brought to us by TheBigLead.com?
0: Yeah. Yeah, tonight... uh... I, I think the the guy I'm going to talk about is Robert Johnson. I thought he had a really good, solid game where it wasn't just like stretches of good play as we've seen from him or like a half of good play. I thought he was pretty solid throughout. 17 points, uh, seven rebounds, two assists, only two turnovers, um, shot seven to 13 from the field, three of six from three-point range. Uh, I just thought it was another solid game from Robert, and he's really building off of that North Carolina game where I thought he was the MVP of the game just for what he did defensively. You know what you're going to get from him defensively the key is to find that consistency uh, on offense and, and he's really started to put that together um, and, and I I think that's a huge step for for Indiana especially given you know what they lost in the backcourt and what they need to have moving forward so I, I just think that that was a really nice game from Robert Johnson um, and there are some other guys who we'll talk about who had good games but I, I thought he was the guy that really stood out to me uh, as far as having a solid game and really put the backcourt you know uh, just kind of put them on the right foot from the beginning. And then he was the consistent guy for the backcourt the whole game.
1: Yeah, no, very well said there, Ryan, uh, this leads into my stat of the game and for my stat of the game, uh, there's a few I can go with here today, but for me, I'm going to have to take a look at the effective field goal percentage today because, uh, Simu came in uh, with an effective field goal percentage averaging on the year about 50.9, and then coming out of the game today, they only had a 35.2 effective field goal percentage. I mean, the Hoosiers' defense was, uh, for the most part, pretty dominant, uh, contesting a bunch of shots, not allowing uh, many easy ones for them, and I thought uh, that's why it's going to have to be my stat of the game there. But uh, – yeah, let's uh, talk uh, some Thomas Bryant here because, you know, he didn't put up the numbers that you expect him to see on the offensive side, but he uh, his impact was definitely felt a little bit more on the defensive side with the stats there. Uh, Ryan, you want to talk about some T.B.?
0: Yeah, I, seven points offensively. Um, I I think he I mean he only shot two field goals. He sh- he was five of six from the free throw line. He was one of two from the field. Um, and I almost feel like he's being too unselfish. I've said this the last couple games. I think he's he's looking to pass too much out of the post. And and I think that you know he needs to maybe start looking to get his own shot there. And and he's a team first guy and and he's unselfish. But I think it's 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 bordering on the the too unselfish area because I think this team's going to need him in the Big Ten. But what you saw from Thomas tonight, though, was 10 rebounds, three assists, three steals and four blocks. I mean, that that's, that's a complete game from a guy who is a complete player. And, and so I thought it was a really good game for him. I just like to see him be more aggressive offensively, but to get four blocks, three steals, three assists, you expect the 10 rebounds, but those other, you know, filling out the stat sheet in other ways, I thought he was maybe all around the best player on the floor. Uh, he just didn't finish. He he didn't go offensively very much and and he didn't look for his shots. So, uh, uh, it'd be nice to see him put it all together and have a big offensive performance to go along with those numbers, and, and hopefully that's sort of coming, but uh, he, he looked to defer a little bit tonight too much for my tastes, but at the same time, you know, he, he put up big numbers elsewhere and, and made a
1: big impact on the game. No, for sure. Really good points there, Ryan. Uh, for me, one of the bigger things coming out of this game was the Indiana's ball movement. I thought they passed the ball really well today. Uh, not just standing around, not just one guy, you know, one-on-one basketball. I thought they did a really good job moving the ball. Uh, they finished the game with an assist rate of 55.2%, and the player who ended up with the most assists assist today for the Hoosiers is actually going to be Josh Newkirk, who I thought played a really good game, kind of controlling the offense, setting players up for it. Uh, Ryan, do you want to talk a little bit about Josh?
0: Yeah, I i thought, again, he's really looking for ways to get involved in the offense, which I think is is – a a big deal as far as this team goes because I think he's going to have to be the starting guy. He's going to be that third guy in the backcourt. I don't think it's going to wind up being Jawan Morgan. I don't think it's going to be one of the freshmen. I think it's going to be Newkirk. And with what he provides defensively, you want to see him get more involved uh, on the offensive end. So I, I think you know, two of eight from the field, O of three from three today, four of six from the free throw line. But he did have four rebounds. He had eight assists. He had a steal. uh, did have the three turnovers. But I felt like he was more involved, moving the ball, trying to get people in the right place. And and really, of those eight assists, a few of them are really nice, especially there was a late one he caught. Uh, he made the defense come to him and then caught Thomas Bryant for a dunk down low on a bounce pass that I thought was particularly nice. But I, I thought that he um, he really was – doing all he could to get other people involved and, and like Thomas Bryant maybe pushing it a little too much and not looking for his own shot but again in his position that's sort of what he's supposed to do and, and I think that he's really growing into that role and hopefully by the time Big Ten play rolls around he'll be fully comfortable at that spot but uh, it was nice to see him you know being the guy that moves the ball and, and sets the offense up and and keeps
1: things going
0: what, I mean what do you think about Newkirk tonight I mean
1: what, yeah I mean, pretty much echoing what you said there, I thought he was pretty much uh, everything that we wanted him to be in terms of kind of orchestrating the offense. And I believe uh, that's something that I hope that he can obviously uh, continue moving forward. All right. So next, I want to talk about uh, Juwan Morgan, who's coming off his first career double-double. Uh, what, are our, what are our thoughts on him? Uh, we will discuss that right after this break. Before we get into that, I want to talk to you about our friends at SeatGeek because they've uh, changed the way that people can buy uh, sports tickets because for a long time it's been a confusing process. The old sites, they don't seem to want to change, but SeatGeek, uh, they've came along and they've created an amazing app and website that makes it easier than ever for fans to buy and sell tickets to either your favorite sporting games or your favorite uh, concerts that are coming to town. And everything about SeatGeek is just designed to make life easier for sports and music fans. I know I've used it. Uh, A couple of people from my other podcast, the Bears Brothers, they used it. Uh, Jared's used it. Andy's used it. You know, it's something that we all uh, definitely use. And we want you to use it too because they really give you the best bang for your buck because that's why every ticket at SeatGeek, they give them a grade based on value. And you'll immediately see any underpriced seats and be able to find the best deals that fit your budget. Uh, And the best part of all, our listeners get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. So to get that $20 rebate on tickets, download the SeatGeek app, go to the settings tab, and add a promo code, and enter the promo code ASSEMBLY, A-S-S-E-M-B-L-Y, ASSEMBLY. All right, so I'm Will DeWitt, and tonight I am hosting the Assembly Call, as Jared Morris has the night off. And we are going to get into a discussion about Jawan Morgan, who is coming off his first career double-double, And today, he impressed again. Uh, He had a really strong start from the beginning. In the first sequence, he had four points, which led the team and a rebound. He was very active on the glass today. But again, he has not missed a field goal now in two straight games. It's quite impressive, uh, the back-to-back performances that Juwan's been able to come out with here. Uh, He finished the game today with 11 points and assists, two offensive boards. He had to steal a block. He's making his impact felt in a majority of ways, and... With OGN and Obi out with that high ankle sprain, this is really good to see the growth of Jawan Morgan because at times this year we've kind of scratched our heads of what he's been doing out there on the floor. And I'm excited to see this turnaround. Ryan, what did you think? Uh how did Jawan play today?
0: Well, I on our on our weekly uh, radio show on Fridays, I said that my bold prediction was that Jawan Morgan was going to get back to looking like Jawan Morgan now that O.G. Ananobi's out. He's sort of got a more defined role to fill, and and I thought you saw that tonight uh, or today, and, and I thought you saw it the other night as well. Uh, 11 points, as you said, three rebounds, an assist, a steal, a block, uh, four four from the field, one of one from three, two of three from the free throw line, I mean, it's he just he he's that guy that just sort of fills every stat, you know, on every column on the stat sheet uh, in one way or another. And and he, uh, I thought it was an excellent game tonight, a great way to follow up his his double double and the career high in points from from Friday, but. Yeah, I mean, this is what Juwan Morgan's supposed to do. He's supposed to play hard on both ends of the floor, play great defense, and, and then contribute offensively and be aggressive when he needs to be, but not trying to overdo it. And I feel like for a couple of weeks there, he was trying to overdo everything. And now he's just kind of settling in and, and taking the game as it comes. and And Again, tonight was or today was another example of just what he can do when he's motivated and and when he's in the right role and fulfilling the the spot he's supposed to fulfill. So I was impressed. I thought it was a great game for Juwan. The second half was kind of you know up and down for him, but you saw a guy like Deron Davis and Freddie guys like Deron Davis and, and Freddie McSwain getting a lot of minutes. So I think that that kind of chewed into his uh, production a little bit. But you know when he was out there, he made his he made his presence known and played really well and and i think that bodes well for for iu moving forward especially with this long break they get now
1: no exactly us uh, you know you brought up uh De'Ron davis i think we should talk about him too because again back-to-back games in which uh he had a very impressive performance he finished today with 14 points he had five boards all of which that came on the offensive end he had a steal two blocks only one turnover he did have four personal fouls but uh overall i was very pleased what i saw out of him today he uh finished five of eight from the field He's just, uh, you know, very efficient with his minutes. He only played 16 minutes today, but able to uh, come away with the most, uh, the second most points of on the team. And, yeah, again, just a couple of, just, again, back-to-back games in which uh, a player's been able to make his impact felt that we haven't seen throughout the season, which, again, having these young players get this, these valuable minutes as we are now approaching Big Ten play, which I think, what, there's less than a handful of games left before we get there. So I think uh, – these young guys getting minutes is going to be huge because I know he had 16 minutes today. Uh, Curtis Jones had 13. Uh, Green had 11. So I think uh, that's going to be key moving forward. Uh, Ryan, I was curious on your thoughts here. What do you want to see out of these guys as we continue uh, getting closer to big 10 play and how did you think they played today?
0: Well, I thought Deron Davis was fantastic. I thought he really built off of that game from Friday night. Uh, you know, five of eight as you said from the field. He had fourteen points, five rebounds, two blocks, a steal, and he was just kind of in the right place at the right time, pretty much always. And that's what we've seen from him early in the season. is Is he's a guy who isn't going to do a whole lot wrong, and and he's going to play smart. He's going to play physical, and he's going to be a guy who. Uh, who, when he gets the ball on the post, is ready to go. He's not going to defer to anybody else. He, he gets that ball with good post position. He's going to finish at the rim. And so I thought we saw that today. Um, and and we saw that the other night as well. And And you also, what happens is when guys finish like that, you start seeing the perimeter guys feed them and start giving the ball because they know that's easy baskets. That means that the offense doesn't have to work as hard. If you can just dump it in there and that guy can go to work and score, it's easy offense. And I thought it was really encouraging to see five rebounds as well from five offensive rebounds from him as well. He's working the glass. He's working hard um, and, and really making his presence felt. I mean, he's going to be a handful for a lot of people, especially once he gets into shape a little more uh and can, and can, you know, put up more minutes. Uh, I also love seeing he and Thomas Bryant on the floor at the same time. We, we weren't sure how much of that we were going to see in the preseason. Clearly, Tom Crean likes the length and athleticism they have, and you know their ability on the defensive end to block shots. And they combined for six blocks tonight, so uh, that was that was a big deal. And 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 seeing those two play together is going to give Indiana an extra boost of size that they haven't had in a while. And then you throw in Freddie McSwain, who's just you know a crazy athlete, a big guy who's crazy athlete. Juwan Morgan um, has size and length. OGN and OBS size and length. You're starting to look at a different front line than Indiana's had in, in a long time. And um, they, it may not be the most athletic front line they've ever had, but it's got to be up there. And 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 just the size and speed and length of those guys is really going to make a difference, especially in tight games late in the season when opponents are trying to drive to the rim and, and trying to get inside. You've got those long arms and and those big bodies down there that are that are going to be in the way, and it's going to force teams to shoot jumpers, and that's exactly what Indiana wants defensively—is to be facing a team that's that's jump shooting. Um, but also, I think that if if you're going to look at the other um, freshmen um i thought that curtis jones played uh pretty well three of four from the field one of two from three one of one from the free throw line finished eight points two rebounds two steals um so i thought he was he was pretty good as well and green i still feel like he's up and down he's trying to he's trying to sort of mix it up and uh and, and try and make kind of spectacular plays when he could be making the easier plays so uh yeah, I thought the I thought the freshman as a whole played pretty well. Uh, Curtis Jones, like I said, uh, was was solid, but not you know uh, not out of the gym spectacular. And then Devontae kind of forced some things and played like a freshman at times. So I would uh, I'd say that as a whole, the freshman
1: played well, um, but it's something to build on certainly. All right. If I'm back, uh let's uh let's get me in here because you've been talking there for a while, Ryan. But uh yeah, computer kind of had a mini freak out. We're good. I wanted to talk about something coming into the game. I was wondering if Indiana can improve in taking care of the ball, which seems like a dumb question because obviously throughout the majority of this season, the answer is no, because they uh just turn the ball over, you know, just so darn much. Coming into the game, they turn it over on percent of their possessions you know which is very awful but we kind of see similar stuff here today i think the number was like what 24 25 percent my box score has disappeared and won't come back yep 25.5 percent so again which is quite concerning given the fact that you know southeast missouri came into the game uh did come into the game uh, on defense, forcing turnovers 21.5%. So it was a matchup that it kind of seemed like the Hoosiers would have some troubles with, but I was still kind of hoping for more. Ryan, I was wondering, uh, moving forward, what are a couple things that Indiana can improve upon to limit the turnovers? Because it's starting to seem like a lot uh, a lot like last year in which uh, starting off the season, the turnovers were a big factor. But I remain confident that as the season goes that around, that they will be able to get that number down. Yeah,
0: I, I mean, I don't know. I I think it's when you play as fast as Indiana does, it's going to happen. And I thought that today there were long stretches where they weren't as crisp as they should have been, and particularly late in the or about the mid portion of the of the first half, where where they allowed Southeastern Missouri State to get closer. Um, You know, the problem here is that you've got your starting five with eleven turnovers, uh, which is. Let's see. Yeah. Two, four, six. Yeah. 11 turnovers of the starting five. Uh, You know, so those guys have to rein it in. And I think part of it is going to be what'll make it better is, is just playing together more and getting more minutes on the floor together in game situations. That'll help. Uh, But you know, if you play as fast as Indiana, you're going to turn the ball over. Obviously you want to see that percentage go down, but when you have that many possessions and you're up and down the floor, there's going to be, you're going to take chances and you're, there's going to be times where you're careless with the ball. The key to that, if you're going to turn the ball over that much, is playing well defensively. And that's what we've seen the last couple games of Indiana has has really locked it down defensively. Uh, Southwest Missouri State shot thirty one point three percent from the field today, twenty uh, percent from three. There were five of twenty five. So y- you had Indiana making up for it in other ways, and also out, you know, winning the rebounding battle by twelve is another, you know, forty five to thirty three. So again, if you're gonna have a bad stat like that, you've got to make up for it with other stats you know, in other ways and with other stats rising and being uh, above where you'd like to have them. And I thought they did that today. And so they really compensated for those turnovers by figuring out other ways to play well.
1: All right. Good stuff there. So let's take a break, but uh, when we come back, let's talk about James Blackman jr. And the game that he had. All right. So looking, uh, looking at the stats here, you know, James Blackman, he didn't have a bad game overall. He had 11 points, five 11 from the field, but he did struggle From beyond beyond the line, uh, only going one of six. He did have seven total rebounds today, six of them coming on the defensive end of the floor. And I thought James played pretty well today. Uh, There were some times which I was uh, curious where he was. I didn't really see him too much out there. But uh, for the most part, he did really – it was like a very quiet game for him, but yet again, another productive game. Uh, 25 minutes, he had a plus 25, which was uh, tied for most on the team. But overall, I thought it was another good game. Ryan, what do you think? Yeah. I thought it was a solid game from James. Uh, again,
0: you know, he doesn't have to come out and score 20 points every game. Uh, I I think that that's just based on the depth of this team. Uh, he's not going to be forced to do that. He has lately, and he's been playing very well. Um, But, you know, he had reduced uh, his minutes were a little reduced today to 25 minutes. Uh, He was one of six from three, which is, yeah, I mean, you know, you'd like to see him hit more shots than that. And I think that more times than not, he is going to hit more shots than that from deep. But uh, the seven rebounds, again, he has been a rebounding machine from the guard spot this year so far. So it was good to see that continue. Um, And and he looked like he was engaged defensively and playing smart defense for the most part. it's hard to, you know, when, when a team like Southeast Missouri State is firing off shots as quickly as they were. I mean, they wound up with 64 shots in 40 minutes, so they were clearly putting the ball up really fast when they got it. Uh, it's hard to really evaluate the defense when it's not going side to side and it's not they're not using 20 seconds off the off the play clock. Um, so, I, I yeah, I, I thought that he pl- he was engaged and played solid defensively, but. Uh, you'd like to see him hit those hit those shots from deep because he's going to be relied upon. And Indiana so far this year is not hitting three-pointers the way they usually do. And and hopefully that flips around and you start to see more consistency there. But there were 7 of 20 today. So James going 1 of 6 changes that from, you know, what it was at 35%. It could be in the mid-40s, and which is what Indiana is typically going to aim for from the three-point line. So, uh, again, a solid game from James, but... Uh, he didn't need him to go off, and, and he's not going to have to to go off and put up big numbers every game if the rest of this team steps up the way it should.
1: Good stuff there. Uh, so looking at the stats here, you know, something that really pops up to me is the fact that Indiana had two less offensive rebounds. They had 13 compared to Southeast Missouri's 15, but on the flip side, they were able to get more second-chance points the 19 compared to Southeast Missouri's 11, which is good to see uh, shows that just how – Effective Indiana can be one to give them those second-chance opportunities. They're uh, more prone to uh, make those baskets compared to like a Southeast Missouri who's not. Go ahead. Oh, I was just
0: going to say one thing that I think was great about that is I you saw a lot of um, – you saw when Southeast Missouri State would get an offensive rebound, and Indiana wouldn't quit on the play defensively. Uh, they had 15 offensive rebounds, which is too many to give up, but Indiana wasn't quitting on the play. It wasn't just allowing a layup. So the, the defense played through those – you know, mistakes on the rebounding end and only gave up those 11 second chance points when they could have given up far more. So I just thought that was a positive to go along with the negative of giving up that many offensive rebounds. There was right. the positive that they didn't give up and they kept playing. And a lot of times you'll see a guy get a weak side rebound and get a layup. Um, but Indiana didn't really allow them to do that or get into
1: a pattern of doing that. I was going to actually ask you regarding the offense rebounds. Were you kind of upset by the amount that uh, Indiana let up? Because coming into the game, Southeast Missouri came in pretty low there in terms of uh, offense rebound percentage with only a 28.1. And they gave up more than that today. And considering all the factors, I thought that was a big disappointment.
0: Yeah, it's disappointing. But again, you know, we've talked about this a lot with the, some of these preseason games. It's a Sunday afternoon. The crowd wasn't really that into it. I mean, there's going to be mental lapses, especially with a young team coming off. Look, they had the huge win against North Carolina. They came out Friday night, played well, uh, two games and two day, in you know, with one day off in between, uh, you know, I. Not everything's going to be perfect. So I think you have to kind of take it with a grain of salt. Like, look, it's disappointing they gave up that many offensive rebounds. I'm sure that's going to be addressed this week. But at the same time, the team did what it had to do, came through with a win. And as I said, when they gave up those second chances, they didn't allow the, their opponents to, you know, put them away. So I, I think that there is you know, plenty of bad here with the turnovers and the rebounds they gave up on the offense, you know, different on when they were on defense, they gave up on, uh, too many rebounds, but at the same time, you just kind of have to roll with it uh, early in the season, especially with the young team. You, you, you take the good with the bad and, and you move on and try and improve those things. And I'm sure that's what'll happen uh, this week. I'm sure that'll be addressed all week, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's certainly a negative you can look at and, and you know, be upset about there were some, uh, Southeast Missouri State only had six fast break points, which is a positive. But at the same time, a couple of those were huge baskets that wound up, you know, changing the momentum of the game in the first half for a little bit. So yeah. there are there are positives. There are negatives to take from this, and and I actually think that's a good thing. If you just blow a team out and there are no negatives, it's it's harder to improve from that win, and it's almost pointless to play the game if you're
1: not getting improved from it. Good points there. Uh, Another matchup kind of coming into the game. I was curious about how uh, Southeast Missouri is going to shoot from beyond the arc because they actually came into the game making more of their shots there than Indiana with uh, making 38.8% of their shots. But on the flip side, Indiana's defense came in 13th in the country, which I can't believe I'm saying that, in terms of uh, three-point percent defense, only allowing opponents to make around 27.4% of their three-point shots. And then Southeast Missouri, they really struggled from, you know, Beyond the arc today, they only made five of what 25, which is like 20%. So that is, uh, that was good for Indiana. I thought that for the majority of the game, they were able to contest the shots out there, had a head in their face. There wasn't many open looks. And I thought that was a big factor. Why? But, uh, Ryan, what was Indiana's defense doing so well to shut down that, uh, that potent attack?
0: Well, I think they were communicating and guys were closing out to shooters and and making sure they knew where everyone was. I, I thought, I mean, there, there were very few uncontested shots, anywhere on the floor, you know, I, 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 from two point range, three point range, layups, whatever, there were guys there. And, and one of the keys, one of the things you can see from that is, is that Southeast Missouri state only had seven assists. And, and that means that Indiana was not allowing them to move the ball and get open looks. And, and so you really had a defense clamping down and Indiana has been very good at closing out the shots on the perimeter, uh, late, you know, recently. I think they did a great job of it against North Carolina. You saw it some on Friday, and then today I thought it was the same thing. Uh, the, the key for Indiana is going to be being able to do that during the regular season against better competition when the offense flows better. So you saw 25 three-point attempts by Southeast Missouri State. That's high for anybody, and and you just you saw a lot of shots that just were not that were contested. They were not good looks, and and they forced the, the Indiana forced their opponents to take bad shots. So um, a couple of those makes, too, uh, for South Missouri State came late. So, you know, for most of the game, they weren't getting any points from there. So uh, a good job by Indiana's defense, which is rapidly improving. Uh, hopefully, you know, we saw, what we saw against North Carolina, hopefully, is what we see moving forward that this is a team that can communicate and can play solid defense, even with OG and not on the floor with his injury. Uh, so again, some positives there certainly. And, And there are things that you can take away from this game that, as I said, positive and negative that you can, you can work and build on.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, speaking of Indiana's defense improving, one thing that I was happy to see today was, uh, just forcing more steals than they have throughout the majority of the season. They came in they're only forcing steals, you know, about 8% of the time with the steal percent around there. And they're able to bump that up 6 percentage points today. They had a steal percent of 14.2. Thomas Bryant led with the three steals. And yeah, Indiana's defense for the most part was just, you know, dominant, uh, but in terms of steals, they're just using their, you know, active hand uh just going after the ball. And I like the aggressiveness I saw today, kind of forcing them into some mistakes, not allowing Southeast Missouri to really move the ball all that well either, which definitely helped them out with that. But uh, Ryan, is there anything else in this game that I'm missing here? Looking at the box score or anything you want to talk about? Well, I
0: thought the eight blocks was a big deal too. I thought that that, that guys were um, rejecting shots without fouling, contesting shots without fouling, uh, eight blocks, and then you know you compile probably ten to twelve shots, well ten to fifteen shots that were contested on the interior that there wasn't a block on, but were bad shots because uh, of the way the defense was lined up. But I think that's a big deal too. I mean, if if you've got Thomas Bryant, Juwan Morgan you know, Durant Davis, when he comes back, OG Ananobi, uh, guys like Freddie McSwain, if you've got them contesting shots in the interior, you're going to see a lot of blocks. Those are momentum changing shots. Uh, You get your shot blocked, it's going to be in the back of your mind the rest of the game when you drive in there that there's somebody there waiting for you. And so from a mentality standpoint, they're huge for the defense and have an even bigger effect on the opponent. And, And so... That was huge for me to see those guys really being aggressive going after shots. We've seen Daron Davis do it the last couple of games. You've seen Thomas Bryant getting more aggressive uh, defensively. Obviously, Jawan Morgan as he sort of slides back into into a role he's comfortable with. You're seeing him play better defense, and so that was that was that was nice to see. And and I think that's a trend that's going to continue. Just given as we were talking about before, the length and athleticism of their of the of the front court.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, another thing I wanted to discuss real quick Ryan was uh, the fatigue because you' kind of you mentioned it earlier that uh, we played you know a handful of games here in the past like week well close to that but yeah they played a fourth game four games in eight days uh, coming in I was wondering if they were gonna show some signs of fatigue and I think we saw that early on uh, especially, after uh, that run that Southeast uh, Missouri went on. I think that the team just looked very on energetic out there, but they kind of persevered through that, which was good to see. They played better as the game wore on. Uh, they won a lot of those hustle plays. So that was good to see. But uh, I'm excited about this break. But overall, throughout these uh, past four games and eight days, if you had to grade it, how would you do? How would you grade that?
0: Uh, uh, you know, just – this last week has probably easily been an A for for Indiana. If you look at it, Missouri Valley State eighty five fifty two, North Carolina seventy six sixty seven, Southern uh, Illinois Edwardsville, uh, sorry S I U Edwardsville is how they want to be referred to, eighty three sixty, Southeast Missouri State eighty three fifty five. Those are those are the three what you would quote easy games. They scored. 85 or 83 in and held their opponents under to 60 or less. And then they beat North Carolina. So you can't really complain about that. Um, I think the guys held up. I think it would have been easy to just w- sleepwalk through this game. As you said, there was a portion of the game where it seemed like they were going to do that. They bounced back. The younger guys came in, had some energy, woke the team up and, and you know what? Now they get a break until Saturday. They don't have to play all week. They get a break until Saturday. And then they have a week after that to get ready for Butler. So, that's that's the reward for this for this really rough week is two games in 13 days uh and uh we'll see i i think that it'll be a good week to rest up for these guys that north carolina game as as tom Green said was just tiring it, they were exhausted after that game it expended a lot of energy just physically emotionally everything and so then they had to bounce right back on friday and play and then they had to come back today and play so they've got to be exhausted and they're going to get a week off, essentially, uh, before their next game. So they deserve that. They've earned it with this last four-game stretch, and then they get a week again to prepare for Butler. So it, it's, been a, it's been a great week for Indiana basketball, and uh, hopefully these guys can rest up and, and relax a little bit for the next few days.
1: No, it's been a great week indeed, Ryan. It really has. All right. I think this is going to lead us into our last call. We're keeping the show a little bit short today, down a couple of hosts, given the opponent level, all that good stuff. So I'll go ahead and I'll start my last call today. And my last call, it's kind of going to have to go back and echo that banner moment because Indiana started off hot. They faced some adversity halfway through that first half of the game, but they were able to kind of just hold their ground afterwards. They were able to just turn things around. And I think that's exactly what we wanted to see because we knew you know, they weren't going to, like Ryan said, if they go out there and they need to dominate for an entire 40 minutes, then what's really the point of playing the game? So to see them actually go up and face some adversity and overcome it is a big key that I am excited to see uh, how that's going to help this team grow moving forward. Because all week they really led the majority of all four of these games, even that North Carolina game, they led throughout the majority of that one as well. So it's good to see them kind of face that and then kind of overcome it and then even then the over even more just these final four games they learned a lot and i'm excited to see how they can improve given that time off we have butler coming up and i'm i think that they're going to enjoy this week off but i know here at idu we have finals coming up the week after so they better be studying as well but uh ryan how about you was your last call
0: Uh, just, it was a great week for, for basketball and this, this ends sort of a a really tough stretch for these guys, as we said, four games in eight days. Uh, and that four games in eight days comes after a really brutal loss at, at Fort Wayne. Uh, so they really have turned it around and sort of righted the ship and solidified things. And the same week that that they beat North Carolina. They came out and won three other games, you know, so that that's a big deal for the program and a big deal for these guys. And and they, it's a well-earned break that they get this week. Um, But also just, uh, I think it's, I think it's fair to say that, that after that Fort Wayne loss, they've kind of, righted the ship it it feels like right now you don't feel like there's a lot of drama or things going wrong with this team right now you feel like they're where they should be steadily improving Uh, they're not where you want to be at the end of the year or where you want to be in the middle of big 10 play or anything like that but you feel like it's a steady improvement every game there are aspects as you said uh, from this game there's aspects you can work on but there's also aspects to be happy about and, and things you can you know uh, laud the guys for while at the same time, you know, needing to lock down on a few things. So, there's a, every game's a learning experience and it's about how you react and grow from each one. And clearly, they reacted and grew from that Fort Wayne loss very well. Uh, they've continued to grow each game, it feels like, and they've reacted well to the. They, they, we wondered how they would handle. Uh, failure or defeat against Fort Wayne. They handled it really well, and now it appears after North Carolina, they're handling success really well as, as well. So that's a big deal, and and hopefully this team uh, just continues to get better moving forward.
1: Well said. All righty. Well, that's all we have for you tonight. I want to thank you all who watched or listened live to and to all of our podcast listeners as well. Again, the Indiana Hoosiers won 83-55. to We will talk to you as soon as the matchup against Houston Baptist is over on December 10th. Until then, take care and go Hoosiers.
0: Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase Player Fine. With the powerful combination of Michelin X1 tires and the Michelin Energy Guard aerodynamic solution on your truck, You can save 17 gallons every 1,000 miles. Go to business.michelinman.com slash fuel saver for details.